What's up, everybody? I'm Zach Vitovich. And I'm Charlie Bertwistle. It's The Building Code. And today we've got in-person guests. Which is always our favorite. And if you're on YouTube, that's why we're sitting there. That's like the pro tip. That's how you know. Yeah. You know before, you know, 15 seconds early before we pan over. But yeah. very excited to be in person. Have a couple of great guests today. Tyler, Drew, welcome to the Building Code. Yeah, thanks yeah, for having thanks. us. We always we do always ask. Well, I'm starting more and more. First time on a podcast or veterans? Veterans is more than once. First time, first time on any podcast. So. Yeah, this is my second or third time. Oh, I would hardly call myself a veteran. I, though, I so. sensed. Yeah. I sensed some confidence. Yeah, no, you know, we're not going there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, we we can always tell in the studio who's like you know, the newbies or who's like ah I got the scripts. We don't need that. Yeah. What are the questions for anyway? Well, you two are from Habitat for Humanity, which is a well-known name, so no real introductions about Habitat for Humanity. But for you, you know, I tell the listeners maybe don't know, what do you guys do in the construction industry with Habitat? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, Habitat for Humanity, we build homes, uh, we renovate homes, and we work in the community to um, help people in the community get a hand up, not a handout, so we like to call it. So uh, people that may not have access in the open market to achieve home ownership or to get, you know, critical repairs done on their homes, uh, we basically provide access for, for those members of the community to come to us, um, enroll in our program. Uh, you know, there's lots of uh, things that they have to do to show they're willing to really uh, partner with us. Um, but we uh, basically provide that avenue for home ownership and, and stability in a, in a home environment uh, that people may not otherwise have access to. And I was just going to say, it's an amazing mission, obviously, with home affordability. You hear in the news a lot and low inventory. So there's a lot there. We were just talking before we jumped on that you guys are crazy busy. How many remodels at homes are you guys doing in the Omaha community? Yeah, so on a on an annual basis, we slice and dice it a little mm -hmm. bit different. Uh, total number of homes that we'll do and complete this year for families to occupy and purchase uh, is around 64 houses. Mm. Uh, that includes all of our new construction activity, uh, all of our light touch renovations, uh, and then full gut rehab houses as well. Mm. So that feed that total. And then one of the things that's not captured in that 64 uh, that Kyler mentioned is getting access for people to homes, right? So whether it's our inventory that we've built and renovated, we do that. Uh, but one of the other exciting things we do at Habitat is we work with individuals to get them mortgage ready uh, so they can access homes on the open market, purchase those, whether it be through us as their financial agency or through a traditional financial agency. So. Gosh, that's awesome. Yeah, like Zach said, incredible mission. Also, Habitat very prominent in the Omaha community, giving back in, in multiple other ways as well. So very fortunate to have you guys in the office today. Um, another question that we always love to ask is, how did you guys individually get your start in the construction industry? Yeah, yeah. so um, <clears throat> I have been with Habitat a little over eight years now. Um, I am born and raised in the Omaha area, went off and got a construction management degree and came back to Omaha and had applied to work at the ReStore. Uh, we've got two ReStore locations in the area, if you've ever been to those, um, open to the public, you know, retail locations for, uh, you know, lots of different things. And the manager there said, you've got a construction degree. Are you sure you don't want to work for our construction department? I said, you have a construction department? What that's, what's, you know, what are you doing in that? So, uh, so got an interview there and I started out on site leading volunteers um, and then kind of just slowly worked my way into uh, some more kind of project management roles. Uh, and then I've been the senior project manager for the past two years there. Uh, it's been been really enjoyable, um, a really kind of cool uh, connection to get through to Habitat that way. A lot of people will see, you know, the kind of our public facing things and then get connected to it that way. So, 
Yeah, I, I'm just going to say this of Kyler, too. When Kyler started at Habitat, came straight from college, uh, very young man, still trying to figure out. And uh, Kyler really kind of keeps the rubber on the road for all of our activity that we have from a day-to-day operation standpoint, too. Uh, and, and that's one of the exciting things that drew me probably to Habitat, not knowing this when I first came on. Uh, but I came from the construction world, worked for uh, high-end commercial uh, residential builders for custom home opportunity. Um, I always worked around construction when I was in high school and college. Uh, and then my wife's situation with, with her career changed, which meant I had a little bit more freedom to kind of pick and choose what mm-hmm. I wanted to do uh, and, and apply to Habitat on a whim. Um, and then that's been eight years ago now. Wow. So, yeah, that's awesome. And I know Kyler and I met at the Builder Bond where we talked quite a while. Kyler's right. quite the handyman. He's out mm-hmm. here making his own furniture, mm-hmm. like building really? his own house. I was like, wow, I am a, an absolute loser. Actually, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do any of this stuff. So busy. yeah, I was like, uh, can you teach me? Like we hang out. <laughs> I need to pick up these skills. I'm starting to yeah. be a little jealous here. So, you know, you've got a lot going on at Habitat. You know, we, we covered kind of what you're looking at. You know, when you guys, when you entered the construction industry, did you have a desire to be in the nonprofit space or did that, is that just kind of what came to you later? Yeah, I, I'll say for me, I did not. Yeah. I was in the for-profit side of things for a lot of years, right? Uh, one thing I always valued was relationship and interaction with, with homeowners or potential homeowners or clients or however that may look. Uh, and, and one of the things that Habitat that has, has kept me there uh, is the, the innovation that continues to occur, right? Um, of how do we provide more access? How do we do more for the community that we all live in, whether you live in West Omaha, South Omaha, Northeast Omaha, uh, how do we do more, right? Mm-hmm. And I've, I've always loved uh, the opportunity to be innovative mm-hmm. in that regard uh, and watch people grow and thrive, whether it's the families that we serve or individuals that are coming to us for internships, Uh, that are with us five years after the fact. Mm -hmm. So uh, my intention was not to join the for-profit world. Uh, I think what what keeps myself and a lot of people in that sector uh, is seeing the good work every day uh, and the the feel good that comes along with that, right? Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, definitely. I think I had that kind of notion, you know, from when I was young that I really, I knew I wanted to do something in the community that was giving back, that wasn't just uh, dollar driven and, you know, attending the first, uh, home dedication at Habitat where a family is getting handed the keys to their house uh, just really solidified it for me. It's just so fulfilling uh, and just I knew it was a, a great place to be. So, yeah, that is I yeah, genuinely can't imagine. Uh, but what an, an incredible feeling, an incredible mission, like you guys had talked about. Um, Kyler, I think you mentioned that you oversee volunteer uh, work. Could you talk a little bit about that as well? I know Builder Trend has a. <laughs> yeah, a, a, I feel like we're st- we're supplying a steady state of. <laughs> oh yeah. Of people who cannot <laughs> actually build, and yeah. we're using Habitat to be like, hey, we got to get handy. Like we were a contractor, <laughs> yeah. so it's like a real time yeah. internship. We'll train you. No, yeah. that's a that's a that's a great point. So volunteerism is really what makes uh, a big part of what makes Habitat Habitat. You know, and, and shout out to Builder Trend for being a you know a sponsor with us and and sending out volunteers to work on job sites. Um, uh, it's really one of Habitat's biggest assets and can also be one of Habitat's biggest challenges is how do we manage a production, uh, you know, production home building environment and schedule when, you know, the majority of our workforce is, is typically unskilled volunteers. You know, we've got volunteers that are, uh, you know, all across the range from seasoned trade professionals that are coming nearly every day to volunteer with us or once a week at least 
to you know corporate groups that are coming out maybe once a year. So uh, it, it can be kind of difficult to navigate. You know how do you how do you keep to a schedule when you're not sure? You know you might have some Zach and Charlie's showing up to swing a hammer in Yikes. the morning, and yeah. and you got to get something done. You know so. Uh, but no, it's it's go hold that. You yeah. don't get a UV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dig a hole here. Now no, fill yeah. it in. No. <laughs> no, but we've really. I, th I think our approach to um, how do we partner with and engage with volunteers has um, really um, kind of uh, you know evolved over the years. Uh, and, and COVID was something that really kind of uh, forced us a little bit to reevaluate how we do that. And so we were able to kind of come out of that and start to reengage volunteers in a way where we could recognize where and what at what points in the building process could we use, you know, eight to 10 extra hands to help with this, that or the other. And then what points does it make sense for us to maybe relax a little bit with that and have our, our skilled staff do, do these parts. So uh, we've really been able to kind of take that and kind of chop it up in different ways and, and make sure that we're maximizing the contribution of each and every volunteer, uh, whether they've got no experience at all or whether they've been, you know, working for 30 years in the industry. So it's, it's, it's a huge help to Habitat and it's always our goal and our field staff's goal, you know, to get more done in any given day than they could by themselves. Even if they've got people that, you know, need to be taught what a hammer is, you know, in the morning, mm -hmm. then, then we still want to get more done that day than we could have by ourselves. And, and we do a pretty good job of it, I think. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. And I, I just to, to kind of jump on the back of what Kyler had just said, I, I think what's more impressive about the fact that there are unskilled volunteers every day on our job sites is the fact that Kyler and team are able to deliver a house from start to finish in 90 to 120 days from the time we dig a foundation to when a family could actually purchase that home. It's 90 to 120 days, which is pretty wow. incredible. Uh, even when you compare that to the for-profit side, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, a, it's a testament to the staff that we have and their leadership qualities out on site. Uh, and then again, just we, we've done some things in-house too where we want to control more of our schedule too, uh, where we rely on our own in-house MEPs to perform certain activities, such the main one being plumbing. Uh, so we do a lot of our own utility and rough-in work on the, on the MEP side of things. Uh, that just helps us control and compress that schedule even more. So um, I, th I think the other thing with the, the volunteer numbers, it's allowed us, Kyler had mentioned it, COVID allowed us to have a, a, a breath to step back and kind of revisit how we engage volunteers on active job sites. Because at the end of the day, we want it to be a valuable experience for you individuals too, so you're not digging a hole and refilling it or picking nails up out of the yard for the fourth time. Uh, we want that to be impactful uh, so that people see that work uh, and the effort that everybody's putting in and what homeowners are doing to become homeowners. So, so uh, that's really funny because I did a habitat like my first year at Builder Trend and it, the last two I've done have felt more difficult or more like like, oh, I'm actually working mm -hmm. on this house. <laughs> That's the goal. And it, it, it gave me a lot of appreciation. Yeah. It also made me think like, if I was a subcontractor or was using Builder Trend, the last thing I would want to do is upload daily logs after the day, <laughs> which then created this whole other like pain point of how do I convince people to want to use our software more when they're just like, I just did eight hours of work. The yep. last thing I want to do is send pictures. Yeah. But it was a really great experience, the most recently one, because I like I wanted to learn how to frame, mm -hmm. and it, that's what we did. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. It was so much fun. Um, Good. Yeah, I was gonna say that has to be a really interesting skill set you've developed. I can't imagine that was taught in construction management degree is like how to manage volunteers. How is that? You said you've been at Habitat eight years. How has that like experience been for you? Not just learning how to build a house, which obviously you knew how to do, but learning how to teach other people how to build a house. Yeah, I think there's a um 
there's a lot of people that have one or the other of those skills. And, uh, you know, we've uh, at Habitat really had to um, be uh, be careful with with who who is a good fit for the team, knowing that, you know, there are a lot of people out there, you know, less and less, unfortunately, that that know how to build a house or know how to, you know, nail some boards together. But, uh, you know, do they have the skills to teach that every single day to somebody new? Um, It can be a a challenging thing to do, but uh, really, really rewarding when. Uh, you know, you, you take the time to spend with somebody and show them how to do something they didn't know how to do before. And they take pride and ownership in that. And then they go and, and they, you know, they're able to take that and replicate it. So uh, it's a really neat thing to see. Uh, it, I've seen a lot of examples uh, of that, you know, from uh, whether it be family partners uh, in our in our program that are working towards their own house, uh, you know, that that are learning how to do something they didn't know how to do before or i've even seen it work the other way too where where i've learned or or, you know someone has pointed out to me like hey is that supposed to be that way and i'm like oh you're right you know you barely know how to read a tape measure and here you are showing me up in terms of you know they just have a different perspective on things because they're not doing this day in and day out so uh it's it's really neat you've got to have a lot of patience uh but it, it can be really fulfilling and rewarding for everybody involved I'm, I'm thinking about the scenario you mentioned of having like someone who doesn't know anything and then the guy who's been in the industry for 30 years. Does that happen? Do you oh, yeah. get people that? Yeah, yeah. I think I think one of the, the hardest things uh, that that we have to do is field and hire those positions. Uh, and that's one of the, the great things, too, about our team. Uh, we have really low turnover when you look at what the construction yeah, industry does. For sure. our, our crew leads, our site supervisors have been with us for some time. A lot of them have transitioned from internship roles into full-time employees, which which is great. It's it's perfect for Kyler and team to be able to have those individuals on a part-time basis. You can get a feel for what the attitude and what the mm-hmm. ability is going to be there. Uh, and then they end up being long-term full-time employees, which is great for us, mm-hmm. right? Um, but yes, if, if there, there are a lot of very skilled people out there uh, that may hate the idea of having to teach somebody new every day something new every day Mm -hmm. right so uh that's a that's a challenge there's we've had people that have had excellent experience 30 years as a framer and within a week they're like i am gonna lose my mind if i have to continue to do this so uh and and you just never know i think it goes back to again the the styles that people have in the groups the groups are what provide the energy and the life to habitat and what our mission and objectives are a lot of times um, in some groups you get that are very skilled and you get a lot of guys that know exactly what they're doing and you can get a whole house framed in a day other people have maybe their first time on a job site right mm-hmm. so i think you kind of get both of them uh, and the team gets a little bit of a reprieve now so they're not every day of every week mm-hmm. that site supervisor has a new group of new people every day so uh, so that helps significantly as well so what are the uh I, I obviously we talked a lot about like volunteers out there for the first time learning what a hammer is, but you also mentioned you have very skilled trade professionals and, and other people come out to volunteer too. We have a pretty decent sized builder audience that listen to this. What are some ways that they can get involved, not just with Habitat, with their communities and, and help give back? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, whether you're in a, a large municipality or you're in a small town, um, there's a Habitat affiliate probably within 50 miles of where you live, right? Um, having skilled labor out on job sites is, is a huge blessing for a lot of those smaller uh, 
Habitat affiliates as well, right? Um, for us, we love having any involvement from the for-profit development world, construction. We have a lot of really great, healthy partners that it's a great opportunity for people if they have a lull in work and they need something for their people to do and they don't want to send people home for a week and say, hey, you're not getting paid this week. There's nothing for you to do. Send your people to go do that instead of laying them up for a week. Um, if, if there's gaps between when one schedule is going to start or a project's going to turn and you got some gap, send people out to just be out there, right? It's a, it's a really good opportunity. I think you two can probably speak to it a little bit more than we can uh, for team building mm -hmm. too, right? So just camaraderie and mm -hmm. collaboration with people you're around all of the time doing the same mundane task. Um, I think those are all ways. And then, of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention monetary. Um, there's always, you know, as nonprofits with the rising cost to construct uh, and develop land and what labor rates are doing, uh, there's always the monetary mm -hmm. route as well. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, definitely. We, we get a lot of questions sometimes from, uh, you know, industry professionals that are saying like, hey, let me know next time you're, you know, framing a house. I'd love to come out and help with that. And really the at any given time, we've got, you know, between 20 to 30 projects going. So there's there's not a time in the year where we're not framing multiple houses at the same time. So, uh, you know, just kind of helping to educate everybody that, yeah, if, if you want to get involved, there's and, and even if you, you know, are, are kind of more apt toward a particular area of construction that you want to help in or, or send your employees out to help with, uh, we can usually accommodate, you know, we've got it all going on at, at all times. So yeah. I, I think one of the other <coughs> great opportunities for for contractors as well is you know, a lot of our, our concrete guy, our foundation guy, they do a lot of work with us and they also do gift in kind, mm -hmm. uh, which is, hey, I'll rough this house in for free. This is donated. I'm not charging you guys for this rough and I'll give you one of those a year. Uh, we have other people that aren't even subcontractors of us that want that same arrangement. So roofing contractors, siders that are like, hey, I want to donate a roof every year to you guys. We'll plug them in accordingly based off of our schedules and, and utilize them in that way, too. So that's so cool. Yeah. Uh, I want to also talk about a topic you brought up, which is the mortgage preparedness program. Mm -hmm. What kind of what have you, has Habitat always done that? Or is that a newer thing that you guys have folded into your yeah, buyer experience? It's it's something new for us to access and serve more families. We know that as Habitat, we alone aren't going to be able to scratch the surface for the housing crisis, whether it's affordable or just housing in general. Mm -hmm. uh, contributing 100 houses a year is great and mm -hmm. pretty incredible, uh, but it doesn't touch the surface of people that need assistance or help. Uh, and so one way for us to, to touch more families without physically handling more property uh, is to get them mortgage ready mm -hmm. uh, and prepare them for a purchase and an acquisition on the open market. Uh, inventory is still really difficult to mm -hmm. come by as you look at what is affordable. Um, and you're starting to see that affordability touch more people than it ever has. Um, for a lot of years, everybody always focused of affordable housing on that 30 to 80% AMI range. Uh, and now you're seeing it more on that 30 to 140% AMI range. So you're starting to see more teachers negatively impacted, more nurses, just a lot more people uh, are being touched by the crisis of housing mm -hmm. and, and what is truly affordable. So um, I think there's been a new open-mindedness around it as well. Uh, and for us, that program, which we call Almost Home, is just another appendage that we can serve and optimize and leverage Habitat's brand 
uh, to get people access to housing. Mm -hmm. so is, is this something that other chapters are also doing or is this something that the Omaha market kind of started? Yeah. So there's a, there's a couple other affiliates, uh, that do it as well. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'd lie to you if I gave you a number cause I'm not exactly sure who I know we're one of the, the first few sure. to do it and roll it out. Yeah. Um, we're our own CDFI as mm -hmm. well. So we act as our own banking and financial institution. Wow. We have a lot of banking partners that, that fund our, um, mortgage capital for the year that allow us and provide that opportunity for families. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's amazing. I yep. mean, it's all, it's all tied together. You yeah. know, it's like not just building, but how do you manage your finances? Yep. How do you actually get into the, the house and, and live your life and income security is part of that. Right. Agreed. That's awesome. What we we're kind of coming up on time. So I want to give you guys an opportunity. Do you have any favorite memories of working in the nonprofit community that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think uh, some of my fondest memories are uh, kind of in my early years of Habitat, being out on the job site. Um, I, I've, I've been out on job sites with, uh, you know, some of our church coalitions, sending out members of their congregation to work, uh, you know, alongside individuals from the Community Correctional Center that are out there to work, alongside uh, families that are in the program working toward their own house, uh, you know, alongside the the hvac guy that's working on that saturday that's donating the entire hvac system to this house uh, you know everybody out there all at once and then you know the church community bringing food for for everybody to to feed on the job site uh, and those kind of crazy hectic days and moments are some of my fondest memories just seeing all the interactions everybody's there working toward a common goal uh, it, those are some of my favorite memories to kind of see what you know, what does that community transformation look like on the ground level, even the neighbors in the in the areas that we're working in coming out to talk and to give us history of the neighborhood and, and express that they're happy that we're here, uh, you know, because they've lived there for 40, 40 years or more. Uh, and, and they're really happy to see, you know, kids coming into the neighborhood and, and people taking pride and ownership in their homes and in their community. Mm -hmm. So that's that's been what's really cool for me to see, I think. That's awesome. Yeah, I. Um Picking just one memory is probably tough for me, mm -hmm. but just kind of the overarching feeling that I get when I, I hear people say it all of the time when they're at their at your or when you're at their home dedication or when they're at our office for their closing opportunity is is they were provided an opportunity that they thought they would never have, right? Um, and that's pretty incredible. That's pretty pretty special, right? When that's a consistent message that you're seeing in people's lives and how it can transform them and their families' lives, that's that's the power of it for me, right? Um, the, the personal nuance and all of the other individual stories are there too, uh, but that's probably the most consistent one that, that is resonating on a weekly basis in our building or out on job sites, so, yeah. Gosh, just incredible. Yeah. Um, thank you guys so much for coming in. Yeah. I know when Zach and I go back to our best desk for this, we're definitely <laughs> gonna be more motivated, so yeah. appreciate that, guys, and uh, always welcome back in. Yeah. Uh, to come on guest again. You can have your second ever podcast after yeah. this. Yeah. We'll make you a veteran. Then you'll be right, no time. There we go. Yeah. 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 I got way better at my third habitat than the first two. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's the go. same thing with podcasting. Yep. So really now that you have to actually work, you will never come back out ever. That's again. that's right. I was like, ooh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You crossed the threshold. I got a medical <laughs> exemption. They said I can't frame houses. It's hey, we got a finish crew. Hey, that, you know? Oh, oh dang. Yeah, oh, that sounds awesome. All right. Thank you guys. Thank you guys so much. And thank you for what you do in our community. Truly. It's it's Absolutely. really special. Yep. All right, everybody. Well, another great episode of Building Code. Charlie, 
It's good to see you, man. <laughs> good to Any see you. Any closing too. thoughts before we close it out today? Uh, no. Yeah, great episode. Thank you guys again very much for coming in. Everyone listening, make sure to like, review, subscribe, and we'll see you next time. I'm Charlie Burwistle. I'm Zach Wotovich. Thank you.